This week, we sat down with the Kansas City Public Library Digital Branch Manager, Dave LaCrone, to highlight all of the digital resources available with a library card. He discusses the resources for ebooks, audiobooks, magazines, newspapers, music, movies, online learning, homework help, and more. After the podcast, visit kclibrary.org slash digital to access all of Kansas City Public Library's digital resources. So first of all, go ahead and introduce yourself, your name, title, and what your role is at the Kansas City Public Library. Sure. Uh, my name is Dave LaCrone. I have served as the digital branch manager at the Kansas City Public Library since summer of 2012. I've worked in libraries for over 20 years. I worked at Johnson County Library previous to coming to KCPL. My role at the library is is pretty interesting and, and challenging and hard to pin down. But basically, I try to connect our patrons to all of the platforms and services that we offer digitally. So some of those things we create ourselves as a library but a large number of them are provided by library vendors, third-party vendors that provide content in their own platforms, and we simply configure them, make them available, and train our staff on how to use them, and also support patrons when they run into trouble or have questions about using them. A, a big role for my department is maintenance of the primary library website. Um, mm -hmm. So all the content that goes on there, we sort of oversee that, that process. Okay. So this is, I mean, in light of what's happening right now with the shutdowns and everyone staying at home, your what you offer is really being highlighted because now people are having to access these things online versus being able to come in to their normal libraries. Right. All of our physical locations are closed, but the digital branch is wide open, yeah. ready for business. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So do you have, and I don't know if you would be able to speak on this or if that would be somebody else. Um, what is the status right now? I mean, I know the mayor's orders are until the 24th and there's talks of possibly extending that. Um, so tell us just from the perspective of the, of the Kansas City Public Library, uh, the status of the shutdowns on your end. So we have been closed for exactly one month. Mm -hmm. We closed on March 15th, all of our locations. That obviously applies to physical locations. So I'm still working from home. Uh, the vast majority of library staff is also working from home. The library was really good about anticipating this possibility. And so our information systems department got people set up with laptops and internet hotspots and some software and Zoom licenses. Anyone who needs and is able to do work from home has that capability. That being said, working from home is challenging depending on what you do. So if your job is to shelf books mm -hmm. primarily, uh, you're probably um, not doing a lot of working from home, but there are other things that you can do. I want to <clears throat> talk a little bit about, let's dive into kind of what exactly is available because I have been using quite a bit of digital resources since we've had to stay home. And, you know, I, I would oh, go cool. to the library every week with my daughter and, you know, it's just something that we would constantly do. And I was constantly checking out books. And so now I've kind of been like, okay, now I've been pushed <laughs> to the digital because yeah. I normally didn't utilize a lot of the digital service, but I'm actually really surprised and really blown away at everything that you have to offer. So I kind of want to dive into maybe what's available, how to access it, Sure. And then some specific resources. So tell us 
as much as you want everything that's available at, <laughs> at the digital branch. It's amazing. And you're absolutely right. I would say that we offer just as much online as we do in person uh, and everything that that entails. Because a lot of these services are provided by third parties, there might be a library logo on the site, but they might have different requirements for logging in or adding your library card. Uh, they might look and behave a little differently from service to service. You know, I like to tell people to try not to be overwhelmed by the amount of choice and to just try things out and stick with the ones that you like. Mm -hmm. If you like the experience, if you like the way the app works, if you find it easy to use, then there's no harm in uh, finding something you like and mm -hmm. sticking with it. Conversely, if you don't like something, uh, chances are we can offer a much better experience on a different platform. And that's really where the staff comes in. So we can really be the mediator to hook patrons up with the resources that make the most sense yeah. to them. Getting into more specifics, you know, the laundry list of content types that we provide includes ebooks that you can read on your tablet, your iPad, your Kindle. We have several services that offer digital audiobooks. So you could walk around cleaning your house listening to a book. We have very, very strong collections of audiobooks. Mm -hmm. We have a number of online newspapers mm -hmm. and and popular magazines that you can read on your on your device. I saw like a uh, Kansas City yep. Business Journal. You have the Star. A lot of those primarily would be paid subscriptions. Now, can you clarify with your library card what are you able to access newspaper-wise that you would otherwise have to have a subscription to read online? Sure. So the Star is kind of a weird case because they actually don't have a quote-unquote, library product that they mm -hmm. offer, like the New York Times does. The New York Times allows libraries to just kind of give free passes away to cardholders that they can use to access nytimes.com for three days unrestricted with no okay. paywall. The Star doesn't have that, but there is a link uh, on our website for the digital image of the daily newspaper. Oh, I so see. it kind of looks like I the gotcha. newspaper okay. screen. Kind of like a PDF or something. Okay, that makes sense. So they have, you know, all the current issues up there. So you can go on to our Star database and access today's issue, the Kansas City Star, and it will look like the paper if it showed up gotcha. at your house. Okay. Now, obviously, they're they're posting things, you know, on their site throughout the day and breaking news and all that. You wouldn't get that. Right. But you can access okay, it every that day. Makes sense. And I did mention New York Times. So a lot of their stuff is behind a paywall. But if you go to kclibrary.org slash nytimes, you can hook your library card up with a newyorktimes.com account and get free access for 72 hours. And when that runs out, you can just sign up oh, for wow, another okay. one. So essentially, essentially, we're providing uh, nytimes.com for free to our card holders because they make that service available. Uh, you mentioned the business journal. That's a big one. I'd also direct people to a really cool service called Press Reader that has a lot of newspapers from all over the country and a lot of magazines. And they have a, a very nice app that you can install on a tablet or phone and read there. Uh, but the experience is also good from your desktop or, or laptop. And they have tons of stuff. And something that might be relevant to your readers, they have a great collection of international oh, newspapers okay. in different languages. We talked about ebooks, audiobooks, yeah. we got newspapers, magazines. What mm -hmm. other resources do we have? We have uh, a really cool uh, movie streaming platform called Canopy with a K. That is, now you're not going to find a lot of new release, you know, Hollywood or Netflix style 
films on there, but it is a well-curated, high-quality collection of international films, art house films, independent productions, mm-hmm. documentary films. So it tends to be the, you know, a little more hoity-toity in international in orientation, but really high quality stuff. Okay. And the, the films are available for checkout and, and streaming at all times. There's no waiting or holds or anything like that. You're limited to 20 a month, which seems pretty good to me. We've up, we've upped that limit from 12 to 20. Staying at home? uh, (laughs) Under the stay at home world. (laughs) And we've done that to a lot of our resources. Uh, Once we knew that we were going to get increased Mm -hmm. usage, some of these services, the price, the pricing models are such that we get, we get paid, uh, we get billed based on how many people use it um, as opposed to a flat fee. And so we put a cap on the usage so we don't get any unexpected Mm -hmm. usage. But for something like this, situation that we find ourselves in, it really made sense to up that from uh, from 12 to 20. There's a service called Hoopla that works similarly, that is also worth mentioning. They, it's a very diverse collection of stuff that is always available. It includes audiobooks. Uh, they have a small collection of, of ebooks, but they also have TV shows and music albums. So you can check out an, al- an album on Hoopla, stream the album. Okay. So there's a, a streaming music service called Freegal. I don't know if you've heard of that. F-R-E-E-G-A-L. And the name is sort of a, a silly portmanteau of free and oh, legal. Okay. Um, because when it when it launched, you know, mu- music piracy was a was a huge concern. But you can stream unlimited content on that platform okay. on your computer or on their app. And you can also get, I think it's five free MP3 downloads. So if you're one of those people who still has a big uh, digital music collection on your hard drive, you can actually download five okay. songs per week. Now I'm looking at your site right now. Uh, you guys do have a library app. Now what I was confused about, and maybe other people are also confused about it. Do you have to download, like, let's say I just want to read um, an ebook, check out a book and it's available digitally. Do I have to download a separate app to read ebooks from the Casey library? Yeah. And that is the what I mentioned earlier about different vendors and companies providing different experiences. That's a little bit of a of a sticking point with me. So an important role for me and, and uh, other staff at the library is to make sure that what we're offering provides a good user experience for people. Um, I will say that some are better than others. In general, they're all getting okay. better. One thing really to highlight to patrons are kind of the, the big, the quote unquote big collections that we offer. And that would be the Overdrive service. And the app for Overdrive is actually called Libby, L-I-B-B-Y. Okay. Yeah, that's one I have. Uh-huh. And I, I think Libby is really easy to use and it works pretty well. Yeah, it really is. And once you have that downloaded and you add your card to it, you know, you never need to log in again. You don't even really need to search the library catalog. You can just do it all inside the app. So I would say that's the big one. Uh, the other one is Hoopla because things are always available. Then we have a collection that I don't think a lot of people know about that is on the Axis 360 platform, A-X-I-S okay. 360. And that is a smaller collection, but it's all popular, new, high-demand titles. And we don't allow holds. And the 
loan period is only two weeks. So what that means is it's called a lucky day collection in sort of a library lingo. It means that if you just pop in there and see what's available, chances are you're going to find something that's new and popular and, and good. The idea is to, you know, you've probably experienced uh, the overdrive collection having you know, dozens of holds on a popular mm-hmm. title and you may not get access to it for two months. Well, you can always check the Access 360 collection and see if something's there because it will be available for you. Okay, so I have it open right now and it's ebook, audio. You can do all available or available now. And then even on the, f- the first homepage, it has just a list of books that are available. Fiction. I mean, you'll see things that are not available, but there will be no hold okay. on it. So, you know, the max you would have to wait if you keep checking out, uh, checking back is two weeks. And we have mul- multiple copies of things. So it could be, it really is, you know, worth periodically checking in with that collection because um, I've had really good luck with it myself. So, But in terms of eBooks and, and audiobooks, like those are the big, the big three collections that we have. And unfortunately, you do have to download really for everything I'm talking about. You have to use right. a separate app for it. I just have a folder on my iPad that's called library. And I, I probably have three dozen apps in there, <laughs> which, you know. Yeah. I mean, but they, you know, honestly, the Libby one is really quick. Like I wanted to check out a book. And so I went to the Casey library or caseylibrary.org. And then I was like, oh, they have their own app. So mm-hmm. I went and downloaded the Casey library app. And then to check out the book, um, just entered my card in and downloaded the Libby app. And then boom, it was there. Like it was pretty simple. Mm-hmm. So I cool. think it's very user-friendly. Those are stories yeah. I like to hear. It has not always been that way. And depending on different devices and this stuff is really challenging to troubleshoot, you know, via right. email and over the phone because of all the variables. So I, I like hearing uh, when it works the way it's supposed to. <laughs> so there's also one resource that I want to also highlight with you that I thought has been very interesting and I have used it quite a bit. And it is the um, uh-huh. lynda.com, which is more the LinkedIn learning now, I believe. So here's some things that I have been finding. So currently I'm still uh, working, you know, journalism and, and media. There are a lot of my friends mm-hmm. on Facebook and other social media sites that are posting, I'm not working, but I don't know that I want to go back to what I was doing. Maybe they're in the service industry or maybe they're in just a, a career or job that they really are not that fond of. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was so incredible the lynda.com the linkedin learning that was available to learn different skills and you have access to so many courses different classes on different topics and so i've just been sharing that if you have a library card you know and you're like interested like maybe you don't like your job maybe you or maybe you do but you just want to like hone your skills or something, you know, just uh, to be able to take these different classes. And so I've been using that. So I want to talk a little bit about that and just kind of how people can utilize um, that resources. And maybe it's not just the LinkedIn learning, maybe you have other resources. We do have others, but I I would say Linda, it is really in an awkward phase of transitioning to LinkedIn learning because not to go off on a tangent, but libraries really resisted that migration because they would require everyone to have a LinkedIn account. And so the library community, library community pushed back and they have been responsive and are, they're actually going to develop something specifically for the library market. It's one of our most popular databases. It's one of the highest quality online learning platforms that's out there. It's normally rather expensive mm-hmm. as an individual consumer, 
I would say that the only, you know, hiccup from a user experience perspective is that you do have to access the platform mm-hmm. through our website um, to, right. to, to set up your initial account. If you don't have a lynda.com account, you need to go to our library website, click the Lynda link, and that will authenticate you against our patron database. And then you create a LinkedIn account, a Lynda account. So even, even I'm getting confused. Honestly, <laughs> I feel like so many people now, and I can understand how this could be difficult for people who maybe use the library that don't have a LinkedIn account, having to create the LinkedIn account, come back, access caseylibrary.org, find Linda. What I just did personally, I already had a LinkedIn account. So went to caseylibrary.org and then I just bookmarked on the top of my, you know, bookmark tab, the Linda site. And it just Uh automatically takes me there and it remembers the uh, library card number and the pin. And then boom, you're right in. So it's very easy. And that's, you know, but we've had occasionally people just type in lynda.com or why they can't, you know, but it, it, it makes sense. It needs to talk to the library for that initial step. But really, like once you get that set up, I, c- I was blown away with how many classes there were are on there and how many courses and things you could learn and just the uh, how in-depth they went on each subject. So, I mean, I think some of them were like design, um, business, marketing. Gosh, I can't even remember all of them. IT, animation. I think a lot of people right now ultimately are just at home and they're just like either A, I'm bored. Or B, I don't know if I want to go back to my job and I want to do something else. So I just want them to know that this is available to them. Yeah. And there's a couple other that complement Linda really well. I think Linda is pretty unparalleled when it comes to technology and um, web design and things like that. Um, But there's one called Universal Class that is, it's really interesting because it's not all tech stuff. Or even professional stuff. It's it's things like you know management 101 or personal communication or crafting. It's really sort of that next tier for more day to day kind okay. of skills, hobbies. And speaking of hobbies, we also have a service called Creative Bug that was recently purchased by okay. the Joanne Fabric chain. It is one of those consumer-oriented products like Linda that they've pivoted and introduced to the library market. So there are people out there who subscribe to Creative Bug and, and pay a subscription for it because the videos are very high quality with, you know, recognizable talent in the field of, mm-hmm. of you know, knitting and sewing and craft. And I've heard really good feedback about the Creative Bug service. And I think it's like uniquely appropriate to (laughs) to what we're all going through. We're all looking for ways to be productive while also staying inside, ways to keep engaged. And so I think hobbies and crafts are uh, probably a great way to do that. The one other service I would mention in that realm is called Learning Express Library. That is more geared toward certifications and entrance exams for various things. So you can take practice tests for all kinds of certifications uh, in various fields. And that's really applicable to the folks you were talking about who are looking to maybe pivot their career or maybe their industry Mm -hmm. isn't doing well and they want to learn something new. This would be a logical place to go when you're ready to kind of to prep for an exam. They even have things for like SATs and GREs and the LSATs and all kinds of stuff. So it's really cool. And they also have a Spanish portal as well. That's all in Spanish. Yeah, so many resources here. One thing I did want to talk about also is maybe kid-specific resources because obviously kids are out of school and parents are probably going crazy like I am. (laughs) 
So tell us a little bit about what you um, have available for kids that are staying home right now. Sure. I think, you know, I've heard talking to my friends that it can be challenging to do education at home. I think, you know, there's a combination of kind of remote learning Mm -hmm. and parent guided learning that's happening. We offer a service, again, another kind of silly name called BrainFuse that offers live homework help via online chat. So you basically have access to a tutor. So if, you know, you're confronted with the a long division problem. As a parent, that could be, <laughs> it's been a while since I've done any long division, but they'll even take writing writing samples and provide feedback on them. So I think the BrainFuse service is really worth mentioning, especially for parents and students that might be struggling to stay on track. From the entertainment perspective, there are kids' versions of both Canopy, the film collection, and Overdrive. We have separate links for those on our website, Canopy Kids and Overdrive Kids. And then there are two more that I'll just mention okay. quickly called Book BookFlix and TumbleBook Library. And those are more interactive. They have movement on the screen. Some of them have narration. They're just more multimedia and interactive, and it's meant to be kind of a live story time type situation. And that's something that uh, teachers and parents with you know young kids often use sitting with okay. the kid and looking at the computer or the iPad. Those are two really good services. And this isn't necessarily a, a digital branch thing, but our youth and family engagement people have been involved since day one of our closure, delivering story times online on various Facebook pages. I did um, see that. For library branches. And we have all those entered. And those are all in our online calendar as of uh, last week. So folks can go to our website and view our okay. event calendar and all of the stuff that's happening online is there with a link to the, to the Facebook page on which it's uh, streaming. There's also, I think these are in the afternoons. Um, one of our librarians is providing kind of a DIY workshop about various uh, topics, and she's doing that live. Oh, these are on YouTube. She's doing a session about learning how to draw your own comic books. So they're doing that at 1 p.m. every Wednesday. And then there's a, a link right in the calendar to the YouTube channel where it's streaming. And anything that we can uh, save and archive for playback, we are. There are some copyright issues. If, like for story times, if you read an entire book, you can't make that available forever because it's a published work. But for things like these workshops, we can make that available. Well, those are some good resources. I'm sure some parents will be glad to know they can get some live homework help um, because I'm lucky I'm home with a five-year-old. So we're spelling cat and hat and bat. And so I'm like, I can handle this. This is fine. (laughs) Um, A couple questions about library cards. So if you have a library card and you lost it, what do you do? And if you don't have a library card, but want one to access all of this material, what can you do? Two very good questions. If you lost your library card and you don't remember the card number or anything, you just need to contact the library and we can get you set up with a new card number. And we are, the library is still staffing our phone lines, our email contact forms on the website, and even our live chat service, which is available during during the day on weekdays. So it could be as easy as hopping onto the contact page of the library website saying, hey, I lost my card number. Here's my name and my date of birth. And they can get you set up with a, a new card right away. If you have never had a library card, well, you could do that same same thing, but there is, an, there is a, a process for filling out an application online. That is at caseylibrary.org slash ecard. 
And the e-card is uh, full access to all of our digital stuff. It's designed for patrons who may not ever really come into the building. It's easy to transition from an e-card to a traditional card just by visiting a library if they uh, ever need to do that. But there's a form to fill out on the uh, at that link. Basically, name, address, date of birth, select a four-digit PIN code, and then it sends you an email. You verify your email, and you're boom, you're you have instant access to everything. Then overnight or the next morning, it sends you an email with your with your information that you can. I, I usually recommend people print it out or save it just so they know their card number and their PIN, since they won't they won't have a physical card. So that's the easiest way. Every once in a while, somebody has trouble with that form for whatever reason. There are certain scenarios that will cause it um, to hiccup or not take the submission, in which case just that that contact mechanism, we can easily get people set up with e-cards over the phone or by email. We just need that base level of contact information to verify that you're you're in our service area. I should mention that our service area is larger than our taxing jurisdiction. We serve all patrons uh, of the metropolitan area, so out into Johnson, Wyandotte, Cass, Clay, basically anybody served by Midcontinent, KCK, Johnson County, Olathe. Yeah, they can sign up for an e-card just as easily as someone who lives right downtown. So it gets dicey once you get about 45 minutes away, depending on where you are. But uh, yeah, that's that's something that all the libraries in the area are very good about opening up access to each other's patrons. Okay. Um, And now just for everybody to know where they can access the digital branch specifically, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, it's kclibrary.org slash digital. That is correct. Yes. Okay, perfect. All of these apps we talked about are, are uh, all these services are linked there. So you can select audiobooks or you can select ebooks or movies and it will give you the list with the link and some policy stuff about them. There's also an e-card sign up link on that page. So it's that's probably a, a good place to send people. That page has been very popular since we closed. It's pretty much the most popular page on our website right now. So that's you know, makes me look good. <laughs> Now, one question that I wanted to ask that I just saw come through this week that I didn't have originally on here was about your signature events, because normally those are held in person. You have, you know, Uh speakers, authors, different things, uh, viewings, movie viewing. So tell us how uh, you are constructing the signature events and how people can learn more about that. Um, So I would direct people to our calendar. There's a pretty prominent link on our um, navigation menu, but it's the URL is kclibrary.org slash library events, and that has everything on it. So the signature events are, well, they're technically set up and managed by a, a separate department, but I am aware of how it's happening. And I believe the one that's coming up tomorrow evening okay. is taking place on the library's YouTube channel. So it is being it is being both live streamed and then archived uh, on YouTube. And I think it will be, I honestly don't know exactly how they're going to do it. I assume it'll be, you know, some kind of uh, teleconferencing situation where the speaker will be at his home and uh, and taking questions via um, some sort of chat mechanism. That'll be really interesting to see. I plan on tuning in tomorrow night and, and uh, seeing how it goes. As you know, our signature events get hundreds and hundreds of people through the door. So I'm I'm really glad that they're trying to continue doing that. Another flavor of signature event is our Friday night family fun. And that's going to be, that's usually some kind of like musical performance or entertainment. And so that will probably translate really well. So somebody's going to be delivering that remotely for the 
kids and family type audiences on Friday evenings going forward. One thing I, I will mention, if if people are kind of starved for that uh, intellectual stimulation that our events provide, we have an archive of all the events we've done for about the last 11 years on our web website. And you can go in there and click video or audio or radio interview. And we have saved the, the either the audio or video recording gotcha. uh, of that speaker and the Q&A and everything. Chances are there's something in there for everybody because uh, we've been doing two or three of these a week for over a decade. Where is that located at? So if you hover over the events, classes, and activities item on the menu, it's just called the event archive. It will pop up in the middle there. It's one of those overlooked things that I think is a really rich collection of material. Okay, that's definitely good to know. Um, now, I'm also so excited to see how uh, the signature events are going to be held because those are one of my favorite parts of, you know, having access to the library and the things that you do mm-hmm. um, because it does provide kind of just that additional I don't know, just like community, you kind of get more interaction, you kind of have a a face to face question answer, you can, it's just provide Mm -hmm. something different than what you would traditionally think about when you think about going to a library. So I'm I'm really excited to see how, how that plays out. And I feel like just this time in general, for any industry across the area, just how people have had to be creative and how people have had to still have that connection virtually and maybe try something new, try doing these live recordings of book readings, try doing live chats. And so maybe some of these things can stick around and just provide more access to people because I feel like a lot of times, I mean, I want to go to an event, but maybe I have my kid and I can't. Yep. I think that's a really good point. And well, I think there are two reasons that we'll continue to see this sort of stuff offered. One is that we're not going to just throw open our doors on the 24th or the 30th or the 15th or whenever it ends up being. Um, This is going to be a gradual process uh, of people coming back to work and people coming through our doors. There will still be some social distancing in place for a time as far as I understand it. And so we're going to continue these online services, you know, maybe through the end of the year, who knows. But the other thing is that I think we're showing that that these are still good ideas, even if we weren't forced to stay at home in quarantine or, you know, by executive order. We're we're serving a community of people who would normally come to the library, but we're also serving a community of people who would not mm-hmm. normally come to the library. There could be homebound persons or persons with disabilities or right. people who are just who just don't get out and about very much. And then there are people who, for convenience sake, just like to use our digital stuff and access the library online. So I, I think you're right. We're going to keep doing this stuff. We have the infra- infrastructure now to do it. And over the next few weeks, we're going to be fine-tuning it. I think you can expect more of this from the library in the in the months and years to come. Well, I definitely know that I appreciate everything that you guys offer, and I have been utilizing it quite a bit. So definitely thank you for what you do. Thank you for continuing to serve everybody in Kansas City metropolitan area. Um, now, is there anything else that you think is important for people yeah. to know that I didn't think to ask you? I'll mention two things very quickly. The first is I want to give a shout out to our digital history initiatives um, at the library. We have been doing great things over the last uh, seven or eight years by providing access to 
historic photos, uh, letters, postcards uh, on several different sites that are, you can find the links uh, under history um, on our A to Z list. But uh, we have one thematic one on the Civil War, one on the Pendergast era. Our special collections department has a, a large collection up on caseyhistory.org. I think those are those are really cool things to explore. There's a lot to read, at least on the, the Pendergast and the Civil War site. Um, there are original, you know, scholarly articles about you know local history, and really cool images and collections for people to explore. So I, I would give a shout out to just digital history generally because it's something that we create entirely in house in collaboration with regional partners that is is really unique um, among public libraries particularly. You mentioned the tax photos. Those are currently on a separate website that's run by the state library. We do have a, a, a new platform coming for the 1940 tax photos that's going to be much easier to use to order versions. And there was one other thing I wanted to shout out that's totally different. That is the Dial-A-Story service. Have you heard of Dial-A-Story? I have, yes. Okay, okay, yes. It's, it's really exploded in popularity since we closed. And uh, basically, it allows you to uh, call a phone number, and there will be a re different recording every day of one of our librarians reading a children's book. And it just, just takes a couple of minutes, but it's a neat little ritual that I think parents like to do with their kids. Uh, they also have a, a, a web page up on the kids' site that um, you can listen to it on your computer as well if you don't want to bother dialing the number. But dialing the number is kind of this, it's almost quaint, um, uh, almost a quaint thing to do now that people get a kick out of. And we have had dozens and dozens of libraries contacting us, asking us, how do you do it? Where did you get the idea? And it's a service we've been providing for about 25 years. What is that number for Dial-A-Story, do you know? It is 816-701-3456. Um, yeah, no, that's definitely a good resource as well, because <laughs> I can't tell you how many books I read, and if somebody awesome. else could just read her a book yeah. for like at one point. <laughs> I would not be upset if somebody, I just handed her a phone and was like, just please just listen to this person read a book to you for a second. <laughs> well, I appreciate all of your information. I appreciate your time. Um, and of course, everything that you do there. Um, is there anything else that you would like to mention for us today? I don't think so. I, this is this has been a very satisfying uh, brain dump. So 20 other things I could have mentioned, but I think this is probably more than enough for you to work with. Yes. Well, I think... There's there are so many other resources. I mean, just scrolling through. Um, but if if people could just go to kclibrary.org/digital, I believe that's where you have all of your content. That's where I I usually my first go to is the slash digital, um, and just kind of figure out what I want to you know access from there. So yeah, that's a that's a, a perfectly uh, good uh, and useful link to keep handy, as well as the contact link between those two things. You can use anything your library has to offer. And that was Dave LaCrone, Kansas City Public Library Digital Branch Manager. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Northeast Newscast. I'm Elizabeth Orozco.